0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three and One who has come in order that we might find the Lamb of God and behold him. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there's this guy. His name is uh, Roger Alvaro and uh, Roger has a distinct problem. Uh, Roger's distinct problem is that he's in prison right now. Um and, and the reason that he's in prison is that Roger is probably chief among the people who have been accused and indicted <coughs> pardon me accused and indicted of stalking a certain celebrity, this certain celebrity who happens to be probably one of the most stock celebrities that we have right now, uh, T Swizzle herself, Taylor Swift. You see the problem that that Roger had was that Roger did did a few things, and those were kind of uh, kind of iffy and yeah he followed Taylor Swift on Twitter and he said some iffy things on twitter and that 's public knowledge and and um, everybody can see it and then he went and he did some other stuff and and that was bad and and he actually got arrested one time uh, and then uh, he he found that he, he could find out where she lived and so Roger decided that he was going to go and pay. Taylor a visit (laughs) without really her her invitation, and so what he did was he climbed up a building so that he could get onto her balcony, break open the glass door from the balcony so that he and Taylor could just kind of, you know, hang out. Thankfully, Taylor Swift was nowhere in the building at the time, but her security team was, which was kind of a surprise for Roger. As they made sure that he was kept still until the police arrived. When the police arrived, they obviously took him into custody, and he has been charged with a lot of different things, um, but one of those... Is stalking. Because, you see, the problem with Roger is that Roger felt like he had this relationship with Taylor Swift that she did not feel she had with him. Roger, for some reason, thought that it would be perfectly okay for him to climb up her building, enter her balcony, throw something through her window, so that they could hang out. I mean, I have a lot of friends... I do not have a balcony, but I can only imagine what it would be like if one of my friends decided, hey, I'm going to crawl up your house and enter your house via broken window just so that we can hang out. That has to be a really good friend. You have to know that that person is a really good friend before you do that. And amazingly, Roger afterwards was contacted by the New York Post, of course. And they asked him, What did you think you were doing? And Roger said, She just seemed so cool and nice. I thought it would be okay. And that's an amazing moment. In Rogers' life, in the life of Taylor Swift, and seemingly in the life of Jesus, here, right? So so Jesus is starting to gain fame around Judea at this point. Uh, John the Baptist is singing his praise. Uh, John the Baptist is working as his promoter. Every time Jesus walks by, it seems John the Baptist is going, Behold! (laughs) The Lamb of God. He's pointing him out. This is who this guy is. And, and he's telling other people exactly what that means. Now, now to us, behold the Lamb of God, that sounds kind of weird. We're not really sure what that means. But during the time, that would have been really pretty clear. It would have been something that people would have understood. But he goes even farther. He's like, look, this is what I saw. I saw him get baptized. I was the one who baptized him. But then I saw this great big dove come down and then lit upon him. And then there was this voice in my head that told me, hey, the one that the dove comes down upon, that one is going to be the Messiah. That one's going to be the Christ. And and, and John is, is talking excitedly to everybody around him going, this is the guy. Behold the Lamb of God. That's him. And so you can imagine that as John is doing this, and John has his own entourage of disciples, as John is doing this, and behold, the Lamb of God happens again, and Jesus is walking by, and you can only imagine how embarrassed he might look at this point. you like, John, shh. But, but yeah, you, you, you get him, and, and then all of a sudden, two of John's disciples go, well, let's go follow him. Which, honestly, that's kind of a Roger move. So, so, Jesus is walking by and they're following him. And uh, I've, I've always imagined this portion of scripture where Jesus is walking and, you know, he, he kind of stops and he looks over his shoulder. Yep, they're still back there. And, and he keeps on walking a little bit long, and, and he maybe takes a right down an alley to see if they'll follow him down the alley, and they do. And so finally, he turns around, and he's like, what are you seeking? <laughs> and they come up with the most interesting line back, they, Rabbi. So they acknowledge sort of what they're looking for, Right? So they call him rabbi. Rabbi means teacher. It means somebody who's going to help you form your life. It's somebody who is going to tell you who God is, but it's also somebody who's going to help you live a good life. That's what a rabbi during this time does. It's not just somebody who teaches you sort of theological stuff, but it's somebody who teaches you philosophy stuff. It teaches you how to live a good life. It teaches you ethics. It teaches you morals. So they say, rabbi. So, so, just in, in naming him that, they, they sort of say, uh, Our lives are kind of messed up. We, we'd like some help, maybe. We've been following this guy, John, and, and we're getting really sick of the diet. <laughs> and you thought keto was bad. <laughs> and, and, and so they, they're like, hey, we're, we're looking for, for some teaching. And, and then they say, Where are you staying? Which is, again, kind of a weird question. You know, Jesus is like, uh, over there? <laughs> that area? That's how I would have responded. But no, what, what does Jesus respond? Jesus responds really easily. He responds, he says, come and see. Which, that's an interesting response right there. Jesus says, come and see. Check it out. That's interesting because of all of the other things that Jesus could say. Jesus could say, you don't need to know where I live. Jesus could say, I'm living over there, and let them see if they're brave enough to uh, uh, go and visit him some other time. But here Jesus makes it present. He makes it. Uh, let, let's go now. Come, come and see. Come and follow. And it's this thing where where Jesus invites us as well. Uh, us who are just like those those two disciples. Us who are going to Jesus, and, and we're maybe going to Jesus for some of the same reasons. We're going to Jesus, and uh, maybe we've, we've had sort of this religiosity in our background. Just like they did. I mean, they were following John the Baptist, and, and yet they, they're kind of like, hey, there, there's something more. And so they go to Jesus, and, and we go to Jesus, and we go, Rabbi, we need teaching. Maybe we've had that teaching before, maybe we just need it refreshed, maybe we haven't had it before, it depends on who you are. But we go to him and we, we say, Rabbi, we need some help, we need to figure out how to live our lives, we need to figure out this, theo- this theology stuff, we need to figure out who God is, we need to figure out how that connects up with our lives. Where are you staying? And Jesus says to us, come and see. which connects back up with the stuff that John was saying before. Uh, John, when he sees Jesus, the first thing that he says is probably hineni. Now, hineni doesn't mean anything to you because it's Hebrew. But it's behold. And, And behold means kind of take it in. Embrace it. Look at it. And and there's this sort of moment that we're living into right now, where we have this moment where we can behold a lot of stuff, but it, it's not really beholding. So so th- this is where Roger comes back into play. So so Roger, he, he felt like he had this relationship with Taylor Swift because he was probably following all of her. Social media accounts, probably knew all sorts of trivia stuff about her. And yet, Roger didn't know her. How often is that the case in our lives with famous people that we know? Maybe, maybe it's somebody who plays basketball for the Lakers. Maybe it's somebody who you're tr- right now trying to figure out okay, we've got a new coach at Florida State, what's he like? am going to follow all of his stuff. I'm going to learn about what his kids' names are, which is weird. <laughs> but, but we get into this moment where we, we start to follow people so much that sometimes we can even fool ourselves into thinking, I know that person. When what you know is you know about that person, but knowing about somebody and knowing somebody are different. And that's kind of the moment that these disciples are in. That's the moment that John the Baptist is in. They know about what the Messiah is supposed to be. They know that Messiah is Christ, as John explains out for us. They know what Jesus is supposed to be, but they don't quite know Jesus yet. And so that's the beauty of Jesus saying, hey, hey, come and see. Come and live with me. Come and be with me. And that's the same invitation he gives to you. He doesn't just give you an invitation to learn about him, although that's going to be important. All of our best friends, we know stuff about them. That's important for our relationship, but it doesn't stop there. But it moves in to this moment of beholding. This moment where we're actually invited to behold Jesus. That we're not just sort of like Jesus trivia. But it's being in the same room with Jesus. It's being in the same room with his word. It's being in the same room with his sacraments. It's being in the same room with his Holy Spirit. That spirit that came down and lighted upon him that we have. And just like for those disciples, the first move of discipleship for us should always be one of beholding. One that doesn't say, okay, Jesus, what do I do now? It shouldn't be one of, all right, Jesus, what's all the good stuff that you have for me? What what do I need to learn? What do I need to do? What do I need to... Jesus says, just come and see me and, and it's kind of interesting the way that this works in John's telling because uh, Jesus says come and see and immediately the next line says and they followed him and that's what it means for us to be disciples it means that that we follow Jesus, not necessarily meaning that we follow Jesus by learning stuff, by doing stuff, but by just seeing who Jesus is, just beholding the Lamb of God. And that we have that ability because he died on the cross for us. Because he made it possible for us to follow. He he opened up the door, not only to our discipleship, but for us to one day rise again from the tomb and to look up out of our graves and to ask Jesus, Lord, where are you staying? And for Jesus to respond back to us. You're my disciple, come and see is an amazing privilege. so may you this week may you behold the Lamb of God. May that beholding come from scripture, may that beholding come from your understanding of the sacrament and your participation, and it may that beholding come from whatever it comes from in your life, but may you behold that Lamb of God, and may you hear out of that beholding his invitation. Come and see. Amen.